Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. I want to I want to give you this word this morning. Yesterday morning, <clears throat> I was praying. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit just began to move on me with this word. And it's a prophetic word. And I began to write it down. And I want to give it to you this morning. It says, there are those under the sound of my voice that the Lord says to you today, you have been robbed. Your life has been pillaged by the enemy of your soul. For even as it was with your forefathers, I had called them for my purpose, says the Lord, but they failed to heed my call, and they gave themselves over to the things of this world. And therefore, you have walked in the same bondages as they. But I would say unto you this day, there is hope for you where you have said there is no hope. There is a place for you where you have said there is no place. For you have stood and looked and seen the blessings that I have given to those around you. And you have said to yourself, there is no hope for me. But the Lord would say unto you this day that the end is not yet. It is not over, says the Lord. Don't give up because I have come in this hour. This is the moment. This is the season. This is the time that God says to you that I will move and I will redeem. I will restore the years that the palmer worm and the locust have destroyed from you. I will restore the family that has been ripped from you. I will restore your mind, says the Lord, because there is no depth that you have gone that I cannot redeem. But I say unto you this day, recognize the time that you're in, and recognize the moment that you're in, and recognize the place that you're in, and step out, says the Lord. Quit sitting back and waiting, for this is the time that I I have chosen to come and manifest myself in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what the Lord spoke to me as I finished writing that down. The Lord said to me, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and they shall be called the repairers of the breach, the restorers of paths to dwell in. That's what the Lord spoke to me yesterday. So I released it to you. Do with it what you want to, but I can tell you this much. I ain't going to let it slip by me. I've told you before, and I tell you again, this is not. A show. This is not a theater. We're not actors up here. We're here in response to the calling of God. The words that come out of my mouth, I can assure you, I pray and I seek God. 
for what to say. And one of my main prayers is, God, let me speak prophetically to your people. Prophetically means where you are, what you're in, what's happening in your life right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but right now where you are. So that's the word that the Lord gave me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you slip up your hands this morning? And I want you to pray this prayer. Father, let me not miss my moment. Let me not fail to respond to your call in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you guys so much. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. While you're still standing, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. Nehemiah, chapter 2. Last weekend, last Sunday, we started a series that I entitled, When God Things Happen. And we talked about that when God things happen or when things that are beyond your control, things that are beyond your ability to accomplish, that God comes in and moves. It's the same way with our lives. As sinners, we have no power, no ability. Nobody in here could redeem yourself from sin. Not one of us in here could pull ourselves out from the sin that we were in. There was no way. That that we were born in was impossible for us on our own to redeem ourselves from. But God. But God came. God came in his mercy and his grace and he redeemed us. Not by the works of the flesh, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, he redeemed us from our sin. He broke the curse of sin from over my life. He set me free and restored me. And so when God things happen, it's when God comes in and does the impossible in your life, does that that is improbable, does that that man cannot do when God things happen, but as we talked about last Sunday, when God things happen, most of the time it is because we respond to the prompting of God. Sometimes we will be in a situation that we can't fix on our own And God will come and do some little subtle thing. But if we recognize what God is doing and step into that and walk with it, then God begins to open the rest up to us, and he begins to move on our behalf. So this morning, in the same vein of when God things happen, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes on this subject, broken walls and burned out gates. Broken walls and burned out gates. Nehemiah chapter 2, 
Going to begin reading with verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. Now, Lord, as we go into this word, I pray, Holy Spirit, bring out those things that I'm not able to bring out. Bring out those things, Father, today that this body, these individuals need, we need, not to make us happy, but to make us holy, to bring freedom and deliverance into our lives. And we'll give you the praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. <clears throat> Listen, this story in the book of Nehemiah is a story of how God takes a man who is a slave in a foreign country under the bondage of a heathen king living in a place of no favor a place of no provision, who has absolutely no resources, quickens his heart to begin to pray and fast. Then, as a result of Nehemiah's praying and fasting, God uses a sad face standing before a heathen king to arrest the attention of that king that would in turn, in a matter of moments, take a hopeless situation, a place of absolutely no favor, a place of absolutely no provision, a place of impossibilities, and in a moment of time, God would use that situation to bring favor, to bring provision, to bring everything, resources, everything that would be needed to accomplish what God was wanting to do. I'm going to have to say that again because that was really good. I want you to understand where Nehemiah is, and then I'm going to give you the spiritual side of it. Understand this, that in the Old Testament, God gives us these stories, and they're, they're historical, but, and, and they're true, but God gives us these stories, such as Nehemiah, to illustrate for us in a way that we can understand a spiritual principle. So what happened with Nehemiah in 2020, we applied in a spiritual sense. So in other words, the walls that were broken down and the gates that were burned with fire are the spiritual conditions that are recognized in many of our lives. So I want to say that again, and maybe you'll understand what I'm saying Nehemiah 
was a slave in a foreign land in the house of a foreign king that was a heathen king. Nehemiah had absolutely zero resources. He had zero favor. He had zero provision. In other words, whatever he wanted to do, it was going to have to be done from scratch. But God gave him a revelation of what was going on in Jerusalem. The walls were broken down and the gates had been burned with fire. Nehemiah began to weep and pray and fast over the news that he heard. Remember, he had nothing, no favor, no provision, no resources. He was a slave in bondage. But yet, he began to pray, he began to weep and mourn, and he began to fast. When that took place, there was a day that he was standing in the presence of the king. And because of the sadness that was upon his face, that was brought about because of a burden that he was carrying around. Listen, sometimes your tears are the greatest language that you could have. You don't need any words. You just need to let the tears flow. Don't try to cover them up because God will use your tears to turn some situations around. On that day when Nehemiah, man, I feel my voice coming back strong. Y'all better look out. On that day, Nehemiah was standing in the presence of the king. He walked in to the king's presence that morning with zero favor, zero resources, zero provision. And he walked into the presence of the king that morning, and the king, something about that day, he looked in Nehemiah's face, and he said, Oh, my goodness, what is going on with you, Nehemiah? You look so sad and broken down. Nehemiah said it scared me to death when he said that. Fear came all over me. It's in the Bible. You can read it. He said, fear came all over me, and I was exceedingly afraid. But listen, the Bible says that when the king asked Nehemiah, that Nehemiah quickly shut off another prayer and said, God, I need your grace right now. I don't need it tomorrow. I'm not praying for next year. God, I need your, your presence right now. And Nehemiah just poured his heart out to God, uh, to the king. He said, oh, king, my people back in Jerusalem are in a mess. The walls have been burned. The gates have been destroyed and they're in a mess and listen in a moment of time in, in probably in the space of maybe five or ten minutes there God took zero favor and gave an abundance of favor he took zero provision and gave him everything that he need he, he took zero resources and gave him the resources of the nation of Assyria listen why am I saying that to you this morning I'm telling you today that there's a spirit principle
principle there that you and I need to grab a hold of. That it doesn't matter where you are and it doesn't matter what you've got in your possession. It doesn't matter what people have said uh, to you. It doesn't matter how deep you are. Listen, in a moment of time when God says it is time, it is now time when God says it, friend, you can rest assured he'll pull you out of any hole you're in. He'll take you out of any bondage that you're in. It does not matter because God. Listen, in Nehemiah chapter 1, in verse 3, the Bible says the remnant that was left of the captivity in the province were in great affliction and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now, I want to give you what I'm talking about when I say broken down walls and burned out gates. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. It says this, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Listen to that. He that hath no rule, that means an individual who has no rule over his, himself is like a city whose walls have been broken down and burned with fire. Let me give you some examples. In the book of Judges, there's a man named Samson. Samson had no walls in his life. He had no gates. Walls represent the protection. Walls represents that protect, protectiveness in our lives. How do we establish walls in our lives? It is that relationship with God that we have, a knowledge of his word. The word of God becomes the walls and the ramparts of your life where you can resist the attacks of the enemy. Doesn't matter, friend. It doesn't matter. If you're a good old boy, good old girl, or it doesn't matter if you've got train tracks running up and down both arms. It does not matter. If you will understand the power of the Word of God and understand, listen, the Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run to and find safety. If you understand the power of the Word of God, that Word becomes a wall and a protection around your life. The, your ears and your eyes are the, listen, the eyes are the gates of your spirit, of your mind, and the ears are as well. And if you understand today that because things that are going on in your life, you can't ever seem to get ahead, you can't ever seem to get any freedom or any peace in your life, it could be because there are no walls around your life and the gates to your heart are wide open. Judge Samson was one who had no walls. He had no protection around his life. That's the reason that he went from one harlot to another. Listen, Samson was one of the most anointed, powerful men in the Old Testament. But because he had no barriers, he had no boundaries in his life, he lived by the seat of his pants, 
And because he did that, he went from one harlot to another, from one disobedience to another. And listen, that anointing that Samson had on his life, as powerful and as, as uh, real as it was, Samson was the very last individual on the face of this planet that recognized he had no anointing left. At the moment that he needed the anointing of God on his life at the most, he recognized it was no longer there. The enemy knew there was no anointing there. The Philistines knew there was no anointing there. Delilah knew there was no anointing there. Samson didn't know it because he had no boundaries. 2 Samuel chapter 11 tells the story of David and Bathsheba. It lets us know, friend, that you can have walls up in your life, but you can let them down. It lets us know that you can have boundaries in your life, but if you cross those boundaries, it will open up the floodgates of hell against your life. David did that with Bathsheba. It cost not only him, but it cost his sons and his daughters. We go on down in the New Testament. We see a woman that Jesus met in John chapter 4 at the, at the uh, well in Samaria. She represents an individual that lived her life according to the way that she wanted to. She had many husbands, and the one that she was with at that time was not her husband. She, rec she, she lets us see the life of a person that, that had no walls, no boundaries, no protection in her life. And so therefore, when she came to that well that day, Jesus recognized that. And Jesus was there to offer salvation to her, offer water of life to her that she had never had. And I'll give you one more and I'm going to move on. Luke chapter 8 tells a story of the man we refer to as Legion. That was not his name. It just represented the amount of demons that was in his life. Legion was one that somewhere down the line, ladies and gentlemen, doors had been opened in his life. Walls had been torn down. Gates had been opened in his life. And the demonic powers of hell had come in and was wreaking havoc in his life. No doubt uh, this man in, in that country of that time uh, was a man that had a family at one time. No doubt he was a man that enjoyed his children at one time and had a happy life. But somewhere down the line, something happened. He let down. He let down standards. He opened the gates to things in his life. And they came in and began to destroy. It, listen, the devil doesn't always come in like a flood. He'll just tiptoe in real quietly and real subtly. But once he gets in and begins to establish a foothold in an individual's life, he begins to take more and more uh, territory in your life. 
this man that, that was uh, living in the graveyard, living among the tombs, was impossible to tame. In other words, they had put chains on his hands, fetters on his feet to try to contain him, but nothing could contain him. Uh, and, and he was there living in the graveyard. Listen, he was one that had lost everything he had. He had nothing to live for. All he had was a, a headstone on a grave uh, to lay his head and nothing else to live for. But Jesus Jesus just so happened, no, it wasn't a just so happened thing. Jesus got on that boat that day and zeroed heaven's compass in to right at the same right point, right at the right place. And when Jesus stepped off of that boat, there was something that was left in that man that had legions of demons in him. Listen, the demons didn't come running to Jesus. The man, there was something in his spirit that recognized one just stepped off on the shore of this place that has got something I need. And the Bible says he came running to Jesus and all Jesus did was say, go. What he had been wrestling with for years, what had controlled him for decades, what had cost him his family, what had cost him his joy, what had cost him his peace in a moment of time, go, and it was over with. Listen, I believe there are times when we have to walk through a process. I believe there are times when we have to go through a process to obtain a healing or a deliverance, and I understand that. But listen, I believe also that there's a time in my life when my heart gets so hungry and my spirit gets so thirsty and I get so tired of living in the mess that I've been living in. I get so tired of dealing with all the demons of hell that have been wreaking havoc in my life, and I get so fed up. Up with it and I get so frustrated with the things that I'm going through that I get to the place to where I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care what society says. I don't care what somebody says. I don't care what my brother says. I don't care what my sister would say. I don't care what my wife would say. I don't care about anything else. I'm just fed up on the inside. And listen, when I get to that point and Jesus is always fixing to step off of the bow of that boat in my life and all he's got to do is say go and friend when he says go every demon of hell in my life has to get out listen unfortunately many people have been conditioned that we've got to be babied We've got to have our diaper changed. We've got to have the right powder on our behinds. We've got to have all the right things in our lives. And everything's got to re be real smooth and easy going and real nice for us. And, and Jesus is just going to ease into our lives. And, and we can make up our mind whether we want to live holy or not. And, and everything's going to be good. But listen, can I tell you something this morning? I believe that God is calling the church back to the old paths of holiness and righteousness. And listen, I remember, I'm going to just come down here for just 
just a moment if I may. But I remember growing up as a child when we would have church and I remember the altar there uh, so many times when a man or a woman came down to the altar and the saints of God began to get around them and they began to pray. And yes, there was one on this side that would say let go and there was another one over there that would say hold on. But listen, when them old saints of God began to pray and they would pray in tongues, they would jump and shout, they would stomp their feet. But listen, when they spoke to hell, hell knew they were speaking to him. When they spoke to the demons of darkness, the devil knew somebody is talking to me in the name of Jesus. Listen, somewhere down the line, ladies and gentlemen, we got to recognize that the thousands and thousands of churches that we've got in our nation and the mega churches that's all around us is not doing us any good. We've got to get back to a place where we'll uh, lay down all restraints and say, God, I've got to have a move of your power. we got to get back to the old-fashioned way of worshiping and serving God and understand that it is still the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It is not your church name. It is not the title over the door, but it is the name of Jesus spoken out of the mouth of a man or a woman of God who knows who they are and knows who their God is. Listen. Listen. Hallelujah. Come on, recognize this. Go ahead. Go ahead and give him some worship. Give him some worship. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Listen, you've got to recognize this. I believe that God is saying today, and I'm leaving my script, but I believe that God is saying today that it's time for those who call themselves Christians to begin to be Christians. And it's time for the Christian to recognize that the abundance of all that God has Belongs to you. You hadn't got to beg for it. I don't believe you've even got to ask for it. Because there are things that I give my children that they never ask for. I give it to them because I'm a daddy that loves my children. And if I recognize a need in their lives, it is already there before they ask. That is the, listen, God is, is greater than that. You, as a child of God, already have all the abundance, all the favor, all the resources of heaven that, that, that heaven has to offer already belongs to you. Quit begging him for it. Quit asking him for it. Quit saying, I'm going to walk in faith that I can see my miracle. God's already got your miracle. You don't have to be walking in faith on it. Just receive it. Well, if the pastor don't step up his preaching, I'm going to just find me another church. If that worship team don't quit singing all that rock and roll music, I'm going to just find me another church. That wasn't in my script either, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
I'm telling you this morning, you need to turn your eyes off of what the pastor is doing or what he's preaching. Let me rephrase that. You need to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> but you need to quit worrying about what the worship team's going to sing, what the preacher needs to preach about. You need to quit worrying about whether the temperature is right in the sanctuary or something like that. And you as a child of God need to turn your attention away from all this stuff and realize that God wants to use you, sir. He wants to use you, ma'am, to affect a lost and dying generation. More than I need to be concerned about what color the auditorium is, I need to be concerned about the content of the hearts of those that are in the auditorium. It is my plan, my purpose, my calling to get people saved and born again. Listen, and that is the calling on every man and woman's life in this room today. Whew, I felt a cold wind come in. Understand this. My worst is the door for God's best. My poverty is the avenue for God's abundance. My weakness is God's opportunity to reveal his strength. My bondage is God's place for his deliverance. My worst time is the right time for God to move. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6 says this. For while we were still weak, at the right time, and I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To paraphrase that simply means this. When you had no provision, when you had no favor, when you had no opportunity, when you were under the hands of a taskmaster, when you had no ability to help yourself, Christ the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came to this sin-filled earth, hung on the cross, and died so that you and I could be redeemed, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says this, but when the fullness of the time was come. See, there's a right time and there's a fullness of time. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. I just really believe today that God's wanting to Adopt some sons and some daughters. See, here's the spiritual side 
of what Nehemiah dealt with in the natural side. Is that those of us whose lives have been raped and pillaged by the enemy of our soul. Jesus came, died on the cross, made a way for us to be saved and born again. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 says this, the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus was saying this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Can I do something this morning? Can I do something over your life today? Will you give me the authority to do something over your life this morning? I declare that this is the year of the Lord's favor over your life. I know, listen, I know I've done beat you up this morning and called you hypocrites and babies and all that, but I'm telling you this morning, I'm, I'm trying to redeem myself. I'm telling you this morning that this is the year of the Lord's favor on your life. <laughs> About to fall. Brother Jesse, stand up. I want you to declare. This is a year of the Lord's favor over your life. This is a year of your the favor of your Lord favor over your life. I got it. Yes. 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 Smile. Try to get my favor. Try to get my favor. Try to get my favor. He's, I love this guy. He's so humble. He said, I can't do it, Pastor. I can't do it.
Jesus. Somebody better grab what's been coming out. I'm telling you, somebody better grab it. Go sit down, man. I love that spirit. Jimbo, come here. He said, Melissa, I knew he was going to call me. Try to take my favor. Listen, here, here's what you got to do to the enemy. I got it. You know what Jesus did, Sister Ruth? He proclaimed the year of the favor of the Lord. He proclaimed it. He said, I've come to set the captive free, Sister Debbie. He didn't say, I've come to go into the churches to try to wake up dead Christians. He said, I've come, and I've come to go into the prisons and redeem the captives. I've come to open the eyes of the blind. I've come to cause the deaf ears to begin to hear. I've come to raise up those that are not able to walk and give them legs to walk. Jesus said, I have been anointed by the Father. I have been anointed by my Father. I'm not here on my own reconnaissance. I'm not here on my own ability. I'm here because I've been anointed by God. And he tagged that beginning of his ministry. He tagged it and said, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. I have come to proclaim to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that this is a year, this is a time, this is a moment that God says it is time to rebuild the walls that have been broken down. It is time to replace the gates in your life that have been burned out with fire because God wants to do something inside the wall that will affect your family, that will affect your children, that will affect your community. He is tired of churches coming together and having a little meeting and going back home and not having any effect on our community. Oh my goodness. Brother Jesse, I got it. I got it. Mm. Just messed up my message right there. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to lift your hands and just begin to worship him. Come on and begin to worship him. I believe right now that as you begin to worship him, I believe there's an anointing that's moving on your life today that God is saying this day, 
right now in this place. God is saying, I'm taking some things. There's some of you this morning that you've been toting around a load of oppression. There's been some things that have come into your life that have robbed and raped your life, and you've been walking around feeling so empty, so broken, and all of that. But God is saying, I'm about to turn that into a testimony. I'm about to cause you to begin to stand up and testify what the devil tried to do, but he could not do it. And God said, I'm about to give you a testimony that's going to cause others to look and say, my goodness, I want what you've got. I've been there. I need what you've got. Come on, church. Come on. I'm, I'm going to, I'm fixing to dismiss. I'm fixing to let you go. You just listen. God just gave you some favor. You need to rejoice in it. You need to say, God, I thank you for the favor that's over my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you what favor means. Favor means you walk into a room. Let me, let me just put it like this. It was a time years ago. I've never had any formal education. I graduated from school and I took classes and things like that, but I never have had any formal education. Some of you might say, well, I knew something was wrong with you. But I have found myself in situations so many times that I would be sitting around a conference table with doctors, lawyers, psychiatrists, psychologists, and all that. And I would have those people look at me and say, what do we need to do? How do we need to deal with this? And I was sitting there one day at a conference table, and I was surrounded by, by people that had PhDs and uh, post-hole digger degrees and all that. And, and I was sitting there that day, and they were looking at me, asking me a question. And, and as they were asking me a question, the, the few seconds that it took for that question to get from them to me, God spoke a word into my spirit, and he said, look where you are. You are sitting here in the midst of people that are way far more educated than you, but they're asking you to give them wisdom. He said, that is my favor, son. He said, said don't ever forget that my favor will cause you to be in places that you never could have gotten on your own my I'm not telling you that so you can pat me on, on the back I don't, I don't need a pat on the back I'm telling you about the favor of God and I tell you that when I read that a while ago man it was like a lightning bolt zipped into my spirit. And I hope you got struck too. Because I'm telling you this morning, God wants to build some walls in your life. Hmm. I just hear in my spirit somebody said, well, I need... I need some more education. 
And here's what the Lord says. You don't need anything but to commit what you've got to me. Hallelujah. Just give us just a moment. With, with the worship team, would you guys come, Sister Sandy? Listen, I don't know what time it is. I think we're we're pretty on on schedule. So I want you I want you to recognize this is a God moment. This is a God moment, right here in the silence of this room. God is speaking into the hearts of men and women, young men, young ladies. You might be here this morning, and you might be in the situation that Nehemiah was in, and you might feel that there's no hope for what's going on in your life. But listen, according to what we read in the book of Nehemiah, God didn't come to Nehemiah years earlier and say, this is what I'm going to do. According to what we read in the scripture, this took place in a matter of months. God's, God showed him something. He began to pray and fast over it. And when God put him in the right place at the right moment, it happened and the rest was history. So here, you guys, y'all get it. You can go ahead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hold up just a minute. Just go ahead and play, guys. Y'all play some music. Wait before you sing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we just worship him? Come on, pray in the spirit. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in a known language, ever how you want to. I want you just to pray for just a moment.
Sister Sandy, the Lord keeps saying to me that there are waves, there are waves of grace that are going to begin to wash over you. It's almost like you're standing the edge of the ocean and the waves are just going to begin to wash over you. God said every time a wave comes over you, he said it's going to wash away some pain. You won't ever get over the loss of your son. But God said, I'm going to wash some things out of you that you're going to be able to turn that thing around. And God said, there's going to, every time you think about it, it's going to bring joy into your spirit because God said, it's something that only I can do. And God said, because you have stood in the midst of your pain and you've rejoiced and you've worshiped and you've sung, God said, because of that, daughter, I am going to begin to wash my spirit over your mind, over your body, over your spirit. And God said, not only that, will I wash my spirit over you, but God said, I am going to begin to give you words and revelation. And God said, you will begin to open your mouth, and out of your mouth will come life. Out of your mouth will come hope. And you will be able to speak into the lives of others that are broken, and it will bring joy to them. God said, it is my anointing. It is not something that man could do. It is not even something that you can do. But God said, it's by my anointing. My anointing. Wave after wave after wave after wave is going to wash. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, my life, my life is without walls and without gates. I'm attacked from every side. But this message today, I got it. I'll no longer live like I've been living. I'm giving it all to Jesus. I'm laying it all down. If that's you this morning, I want you just to step out from where you are. Because listen, I want to tell you this. Once God gives his favor, it then requires movement on our, on our behalf. Once God, listen, once God, through that king, spoke to Nehemiah and said, whatever you need, I'll give you money, I'll give you men, I'll give you horses and camels. I'll give you whatever you need. Once that happened, then Nehemiah had to begin to walk in that that had been given. He didn't go in to work like he had always done the next day. He wasn't a cupbearer cup bearer no more. 
there was a shift that took place. Because from that moment on, the cup bearing ceased and the wall building began. There's a spiritual principle in that for you and I this morning. That once God speaks, and once the Word of God has been released into your life, and once you catch what God is doing, what you walked in here as becomes a thing of the past. And what God calls you to be now becomes who you are. It's a step of faith. It's a step out of something and a step into something. So I believe this morning that there are those that are here today, you, you need to step out of something to step into something. So as they sing this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. Just that statement of faith, that step of faith this morning, if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come and say, Lord, I receive what you're telling me in Jesus' name.